0: Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McLean.
1: What's up, Cougar Nation? Lauren McLean here with Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what we got coming up on the show today. BYU men's volleyball head coach Sean Olmsted joins the show to tell us about how his young team is flourishing this year and why he thinks volleyball is the ultimate sport. Plus, we chatted with junior tight end Isaac Rex after the spring scrimmage about what he's worked on most in the offseason, his connection with Keaton Slovis, and how he matches up against the new defense. But first, there's a lot of anticipation in BYU sports right now with football and men's basketball and all sports, except men's volleyball, preparing for the Big 12. We're going to give our gut reactions to what we think will or needs to happen to keep the Cougars in the mix. Cleon, what is up?
2: Oh, well, I'm just here for... (laughs) <laughs> Wonderful discussions with you, Lauren. That's why I hear I'm here every single week.
1: I really appreciate it. And I know you look forward to it every every single week. Of course I do. Okay, I want to give I want you to give me your gut reaction to the following questions, starting with football. Who do you think is going to be a surprise impact player for the Cougars this season?
2: Surprise impact player. Okay, i I'm, I'm gonna go with four. I'm gonna go with four. Uh, Paul Mayale. Uh He's a offensive lineman who came over for the University of Utah. I think he's going to make a big impact here. He started a bunch over at Utah. He's now coming over here. I'm not exactly sure where he's going to fit fit in along the offensive line because they're trying to cross-train these guys to do a lot of different things. So, But I think he's going to make a big impact, and... And they're going to really recognize him here for the impact that that he makes. Uh, I'm going to go number 2, uh, two offensive and two defensive players, by the way. For my second offensive player, I'm going to say Miles Davis. Everyone is paying attention to Aiden Robbins because he's big, he's fast, we've heard a lot about him. And I fully expect Miles Davis to have a breakout year. Maybe it's Thunder and Lightning where Robbins is the Thunder and Davis is the Lightning because Davis is mm, so fast. I like that. He's so fast. I think we can get a lot out of him. Uh, next, I'll say on the defense, Jackson Cravens. I think he's going to make a name for himself along that defensive line. They need big run stuffers in the BYU football defensive line. I think he's going to come home from Boise State. He also uh, redshirted one year at University of Utah. He's coming home here to Provo where he played his high school ball. I think he's going to come home and he's going to really put a name up for himself. And Then finally, cornerback Bamba. I think he's going to be the third cornerback. Uh, for this BYU football team, but I think he could push for some playing time. You're going to see him a lot, I think, this next year.
1: I wish cornerback and quarterback sounded a little bit
2: <laughs> very true. more
1: different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to be like, Maury Bomba's a quarterback? Yes, Gleon said corner, cornerback. Um, I like those. I picked one defense and one offense uh, for me. Chaz IU on the defensive side. The poor kid. Cleon has been injured for so much of his career. He's finally healthy. I think he's actually one of the rare linebackers that got to practice through spring ball. I think it's his chance to shine with his new defense, finally live up to his potential in his senior season. Do you remember when he chose BYU as a four-star out of high school? Do you remember that, what he did?
2: No, to, I don't. Choose I choose
1: which school? He had a helicopter land in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Do oh, that's right. That? Yes. Yes! When you do something like that, you need a you gotta live up to your name, and I actually think he's he is incredibly talented. He just like a lot of guys get get bitten by the injury bug. So I'm hoping that he stays healthy, and I think he will be definitely be an impact player for the defensive. On the offensive side, Jake laugh, and here's why: it's BYU. I don't want Keaton Slovis to get injured by. Uh, we've, we've just had our hearts broken so many times, time and time again with me, mid-season QB injuries. So I think we should just bank on seeing Jake at some point this season. The good news is he's a proven quarterback who was ranked first in ESPN's college, junior college top 50. He'll have an immediate impact when he gets in the game, and the coaches really trust him. So I think he's going to be an impact player should Keaton Slovis go down with some injury. Uh, I'm hoping he doesn't. Listen, I hope you can keep all their stars healthy this coming season. We chatted with Isaac Rex, who has battled with some injuries of his own during his career. We talked about how this spring has gone, including how he's worked on his physical and mental strength this offseason. Here's our conversation. Okay, well, just uh, how would you summarize how spring ball went?
3: Spring ball was good, man. A lot of new faces coming into the team. And uh, I feel like we played really well we gelled really well the coaches are obviously awesome and they're coaching us up great so it's been cool man it's uh it's been a good spring and i'm, I'm excited for what this year has to come
2: keaton slovis is your new quarterback you've been used to jaron hall the past couple yeah, yeah. of years what's it been like trying to get used to a new signal caller
3: yeah keaton's right here he's actually right next to me so it's it's good to see him but uh yeah keaton's a stud he's obviously has a lot of experience under his belt and he's been playing super well this this spring and um, yeah he's he's very accurate with the football he knows how to you know fit in tight windows so Jaren's obviously and Zach were amazing quarterbacks for us and I think Heaton's gonna carry on the tradition quite well
1: you uh you had a great year last year and I'm sure you've been working on a lot of stuff even though it's only been like what four <laughs> yeah. or five months since the season ended but what are, what are some of those specific things you've been working on in the offseason
3: um I think overall just you know getting as healthy as possible and I've got a lot of flexibility work I've been trying to do. Me and my wife have been stretching, doing some yoga. You can never be too flexible on the on the football field, and and so you know, working on that knee bend and you know that ankle mobility will come a long way I think for my game this year. And then, obviously, just working on the mental side of the of my game. Um, just working on you know becoming a more smart football player i think will help me in the long run so you can never learn too much football knowledge and in, in this game and and so yeah I, I, there's a lot of stuff i could work on and i'm i've just been working every single day
2: what what was tougher when you got injured and you were trying to rehab and everything was it was it the
3: physical part or the mental part probably mental i mean it's just it's frustrating to go through an injury like that and but honestly, I've had a lot of people in my corner. I've had a lot of people that have really uh, helped me. Kurt Henderson was one of my uh, – he played wide receiver here at BYU, and he works for Impalis which is uh, a great company down in – he lives in Texas, Dallas, Texas, and they work on, like, the mental game, you know, the mental side of sports and in business and companies, and he helped me a lot with overcoming, you know, the injury. And and uh, he's – yeah, he's still contacts me to this day and helps me with that. So – yeah just a shout out to kurt he's been awesome and he's he's helped me out so much so yeah the mental side is obviously probably the more intense you know the the physical it obviously that's more of dealing with pain but mentally you know it's it can definitely be uh aware on your body if you don't get your mental right so
1: absolutely and i think that's something people don't think about as much the mental side versus the physical side so the defense is is something new that you haven't seen and uh how would you I don't want you to compare the two defenses, but what have you seen that this defense that they're implementing this year? What does it
3: bring? Yeah, very aggressive defense. I mean, uh, probably in years past we weren't as aggressive. I think we had a more conservative scheme. We were kind of okay with the you know the other team getting five yards or. You know, you know, we were just kind of staying alive in that case. But this defense attacks, man. Blitzes all over the field. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen as many blitzes as I have in a long time from uh, from the defense in the past. So, you know, this defense is coming and they're flying around and they're, they're coming to play. So it's exciting to watch them work.
2: Is it tougher on you though? Because now all of a sudden it's just like
3: I got something new to work with here. It'd be really tough if I was a freshman. I feel like, but I've already seen a lot of football, so I mean, it's it's not too tough. But no, they're like it's definitely a, a good a step in the right direction. And yeah, the defense and the coaches, Jay Hill's got them all um, with their heads on fire. So it's uh yeah, it's way exciting to see, and they're gonna kill it this year.
1: Now that the it's like just months away before you guys are in the big 12 that's got to be kind of a crazy thing to think about what, what are you feeling right now in regards to entering that conference
3: I'm so excited I've always wanted to play in a conference and the fact that I get a chance to you know play in such a great conference like the big 12 it's 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 a dream come true for all of us at BYU and we're excited and there's a lot of people doubting the BYU you know a new team in a new conference and I, I think we're gonna um, you know I think we're gonna shock some people, you know, so I'm excited. And it's obviously going to new territory, but we've played some teams before that have been tough and have been from the big 12. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting. So um, it's, uh, it's a great experience. If
1: Isaac can stay healthy Cleon, I think he could be another NFL guy for BYU. There are a few other former BYU players who are hoping to get their names called on the weekend of April 27th for the NFL draft Cleon, What are your predictions for Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua and Blake Freeland on those days.
2: Okay, we'll start with uh, Jaron Hall. I think he gets drafted, but I think it's the last day of the draft, and it's going to be the last couple of rounds. I think he's probably sixth or seventh round. He'll get chosen as a quarterback. The thing that plays against him is his age. Really, that's it. I think if yeah. he wasn't as old as he was, I think he would get drafted a lot higher but I think he's going to be valuable for someone, whether he's a starter eventually or just a really good solid backup. You know, Jaron's such a team player. I think some yep. team is going to recognize that and they're going to pick him in the sixth or seventh round. Puka Nakua so valuable here at BYU, but I think he could either be a seventh rounder or, or or he could go undrafted. There are so many good receivers out there. And I'm not saying Puka's not good. I'm just saying I I don't think people are going to see his value as much. And I, I, I really would tend to think that he's going to be in... A, a non-drafted free agent, but that that's my hmm. guess, that or seventh rounder. And then Blake Friedland, I think he's drafted in either second or third round. It seems like really good BYU offensive linemen always find a home, even for a short time in the NFL. I think Blake could, Blake could be a guy who finds a long-term home, and he's drafted uh, fairly early.
1: I'm going to start with Jaron Hall, too. Experts are projecting Jaron will be picked in the sixth round, like you said, since he's behind guys like C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. There are a lot of good quarterbacks uh, coming into the NFL draft. And I know they said that Jaren Hall is a little bit undersized. His hands, I think, were the smallest in the combine. So yeah, I'm with you. I think he could be a solid backup for a team because he is so talented. He's a little bit older. He's more mature. And I think that's maybe what some teams are looking for. So sixth or seventh round is probably the best bet. Puka Nakua experts are saying he's very talented, but he's raw. That you didn't make him run many routes and use him more of a gadget player. So they didn't really get to see what he could do as a wide receiver. They they said they like his athleticism, and athleticism, but he needs to work on his routes. I think he'll go in the seventh round. I think he's too talented not to be drafted, Cleon. And no, I know a lot okay. of really talented guys um, are, become free agents, but I, I think he's shown enough of what he can do at BOU and in the Combine that I think he'll get picked up in the seventh round. Blake Freeland... His vertical and broad jump caused a stir in the combine. Uh, He was incredible. He's ranked 13th in his position in the draft. I see him going in the third round. I'm super excited for all these guys to get a chance. Let's uh, transition to men's basketball. What does the men's basketball team need to do in the transfer portal to compete in the Big 12 next year? What's your gut reaction?
2: I would say they need a playmaker, someone who is going to get everyone involved and also can score too. I think Dallin Hall could be that guy, but they need someone other than him to do that. I think they need another big guy. Or Nora, Noah Waterman really needs to become a bit more of a banger down there. He, he's really thin, so it, it's got to be one of the two. Um, and then I think they need someone who can consistently make three-pointers. That role could be filled with a healthy Trevin Nell, who didn't play at all last mm-hmm. season. Yeah. It could be filled with other guys shooting better on the team, that is. Or they could get a guy like USU guard Stephen Ashworth. He's from Highland, played at Lone Peak. He's six foot one. Last year for Utah State, he shot 43% from three-point range. Maybe he fits both the bill of playmaker and shooter since he also averaged four and a half assists a game. So I think more than anything, they need someone who can make plays for themselves and for the rest of the guys on the team.
1: I think Steven Ashworth grew up a BYU fan, so BYU has a good chance of getting him in the portal. Cleon, they need a star. You you mentioned they need a playmaker. I say they need a star. They need a Jimmer Fredette, and oddly enough, they're going after Syracuse guard Joe Girard, who went to Glens Falls High, the home of Jimmer Fredette, and he grew up idolizing Jimmer. So let's get him and a couple more solid bigs that are consistent to take some pressure off of Foose next year because Foose had to carry so much, I feel like last season. They relied on him so, so much and they need they need a backup for him, um, or just a couple more solid bigs. They need a lot. (laughs) They need a lot. Headed into the Big 12, which is arguably the best men's basketball league in the country. Uh so we'll see what happens. I think that's what needs to happen. Men's volleyball is currently ranked number six and has had a great bounce back season. Cleon, gut reaction, is it fair that our expectations are so high for the volleyball team every year?
2: I I think it is a little bit unfair because, you know, everyone's going to have a down season every once in a while. Last year was a bit shocking. They lost six uh, matches in a row to end the season. They only won, I believe, nine matches the whole entire season. Most teams have a down year at some point. It's what happens afterward that really makes the team. And this team has bounced back nicely. They're still fairly young, but they're hungry. They're not expected to win at all. But those are the teams that can jump up and surprise you. So I, I, I think that sometimes we need to just take a step back and say, you know what, it's okay if you're not great all the time because there's always room to bounce back. And that's the key is how are you going to bounce back?
1: That's very kind of you. I'm going <laughs> the opposite route. <laughs> I think it is fair. And here's why they've been phenomenal for two decades. They've just been a fantastic team, and I think that's the way they want it. I think they want expect- expectations high. It's been that way for so long, and that's what makes men's volleyball so popular at BYU. That's why they draw huge crowds in the Smith Fieldhouse, and I think Sean Olmstead would want those expectations to stay high. Not that you give these guys flack when they have a down year because that's that's just going to happen, but how incredible the bounce back that they had from last year to this year and it just proves that BOU is such a big name in the men's volleyball world that they can just continuously produce these really good teams and these really good players so I think yes it is fair and speaking of volleyball Cleon coming up we chatted with head coach Sean Olmstead about why his team made such a leap from last year's 8-17 and season this is Cougar Tailgate Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Cleon Wall. Joining us now is BYU men's volleyball head coach Sean Olmstead, who's looking to finish the season out strong against Stanford at home this weekend before heading to the MPSF tournament. Sean, thanks so much for coming on.
0: Yes, yes, anytime. I'm always uh, excited to chat with you guys, and um, especially that we're not using Zoom video, so uh, I think we're all set. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no one wants to see any of our faces right now. John, you no, guys are in a six no. game winning. <laughs> you're in a six game winning streak right now. The longest streak so far this season. Do you feel like you've found your groove as far as which guys you want to play each night and how to use their strengths?
0: Um, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's an interesting question. Cause I think we've found a collection of guys and that's, that's actually been our strength. And so, uh we've we felt really comfortable with uh different lineups uh depending on uh, situations uh depending on matchups um and that's really really benefited us so so we' we've got a couple uh you know real real strong, strong guys that are in their positions that have played in those positions, but we have uh we have gone back and forth in a couple couple other positions uh and they've they've done a phenomenal job and they I, I do believe this team has sort of embraced that and 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 understand that and so the most important thing is the the communication on our level and we've been doing that you know before matches hey uh we're gonna go we're gonna go with this lineup we're gonna go with these guys right now and we need you 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 be ready uh at any time we might switch things up we've made those changes we've even made them in the middle of the set we've made them at the end of sets we've made them at the start of new matches so, uh, i i do i do believe we've we've found some things there
2: how's the team feeling right now I, I, are they a bit more relaxed because you've been playing so much better this year compared to last season
0: yeah i don't um i don't know if relaxed uh because i think they're actually you know we had a a a really really good practice uh week of practices excuse me and that was our that was our we laid that out last week with us not playing. Um, we, we really needed to focus and, and you know, we were able to get some guys some rest that we felt would benefit them. Uh, get some reps with the younger guys, but uh, maintain a really high level because you can, you know, uh, when you're not, when you don't have a, a match coming up that weekend, you can, you know, you can kind of get a little sloppy get a little carefree the weather's warming up you know it was it, it, it wasn't at the start of the week obviously but at the end of the week it was and you can get a a, a little bit loose um but the guys did a phenomenal job like we had a, a great great week of practice and so um so I don't know if relaxed is the right word they're excited I mean they're re- they really are because here we are we're down the home stretch um we've got you know we, what we can can could control is, is in our hands and we've got to be able to do that. And we understand that and, and keep moving forward.
1: You've got a pretty young team. Have you seen them grow and progress throughout the season? And maybe that's one of the reasons you guys are doing so well. I mean, you've done so well throughout the season, but even more so now towards the end of the season.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, them, uh, learning through, through mistakes at the start of the season, learning through experience and, and I always tell everybody that the reality is, I, I think experience in anything uh, is is kind of the master teacher, and and that's 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 anything experience from day one when you arrive on a college campus as it relates to just being a normal student, you have no idea what's ahead of you, and by the time you're, you know, you're through your first year, you understand the, uh, I got to say no to some, some blind dates. I've got to, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've got to prioritize the time I'm going to do homework. I've got to put aside weekends for projects. And so that comes with experience and you show up Mm -hmm. on day one of a job, you have, you really don't know what's in store or what's ahead. And then after a month of 40 hour weeks or more, you are more experienced. And so uh, I definitely feel that as as it relates to some of these guys just getting more and more opportunities to be put in those situations and uh, learning from those things.
2: Last season, you finished the season eight and 17. You lost your last six matches. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but it kind of sounds like just the experience of last season and then what the team has done so far this season, that, that experience that they've gone through, that's got them to where they are right now.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, 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 definitely. Definitely. And, and we, we talked about that at the start, you know, first, first meeting back in, you know, uh, seems so far, uh, so far away, but, you know, September when they arrived on campus, those, it was obvious that uh, with us returning so many of the guys that went through that season, just uh, a little different mindset and, and the experience of that, again, there's the experience factor. And um, so they, they definitely grew from that. They definitely learned a lot, no doubt, individually that they would share with me in meetings, and and they learned collectively because of so many of the guys that were a part of that.
1: Well, speaking of experience, you brought in transfer setter Heath Hughes into the program from Grand Canyon. What impact has he had on the team this season?
0: Yeah, uh, exactly that. Really, really high, really high volley- volleyball IQ, and that, and that shows – You know, he traveled. uh, When was that? Um, September. He was down in Brazil. Uh, He missed school. He was playing for the U.S. collegiate beach team down in Brazil. And you don't just get selected on that team because you know how to pass and uh, hit a volleyball. You're you're you qualify for that. You make it through the ranks of of a lot of collegiate players. So he's got really, really good experience, got very, very high volleyball IQ. And and that's uh, from a lot of a lot of years of, um, you know, being in another Division One program and a, and a good program and him getting reps and playing. And, and, you know, he was a starter over there for a handful of years, you know, and uh, he beat us, you know, while he was at Grand Canyon as, as their setter. So he, he did bring uh, a level of confidence, um, a level of experience, maturity, and also just kind of like, hey, this is my last go and I want to make the most of it. And from day one, there was zero, uh, in my mind, there was like no transition. I mean, he, he fell, he fell right in line with the guys, a great teammate, you know, a a great friend and, um, you know, a pretty darn good leader, just by example, uh, doing the right things and working as hard as he can every day. And so that's, that's, that was a massive, uh, um, get for us. And, and he contributed to, uh, our team immensely
2: you guys are 12 and 0 at home this season. How much a uh, how much is it an advantage getting to play at the Smithfield House?
0: Well, it's just, you know, there's there's two volleyball venues that can do what uh we can do here at the Smithfield House. That's us in Hawaii, you know, and Hawaii has the capacity to get more fans and so they they do, especially with their success recently and and so that's exciting to see and cuz it's good for our sport, but there's no doubt there's uh, you know something to be said being at home and uh, it, it's, it's a ton of factors. you know just your schedule, your routines, you're able to kind of get, get get in the zone. you're not at the you're not at the mercy of the other the other the other arenas. you know uh, you can kind of go through your schedules. you know what they are when you're home. you know what the, like I mentioned, you know what those routines are and you're pretty familiar with those things. so that's always a benefit to any team.
1: Sean, I don't know about you, but I think I have partial hearing loss because of the Smith House, and you've been doing this a lot longer yeah. than I have. Uh, do, do you seriously – and I'm being dead serious. After the matches, do you go home and you're, like, yelling at your wife and kids on accident because it gets so loud in that place?
0: Yeah. No, no, no. It, uh, I usually get home, like, with this weird ringing in my ears, obviously. <laughs> um, and it for me, you know, of course – you. I'm processing so much more as it relates to the match, the results, the, the, the shoulda, yeah. woulda, coulda throughout the match, whether they, it ended in our, uh, you know, for a win for the Cougars or a loss and processing all those things. And I'm usually, uh, there's, there's two things, you know, if, if it's a, one of those long five setters, which we've had a few here, <laughs> I'll, yes. it, it'll be almost impossible for me to tone down like kind of wind down. And so, I'm usually just, my ears are ringing. My head kind of has this little headache and, uh, you know, I just, I'm awake, I'm alert and I'm usually awake for quite some time because of just everything, the energy, the excitement plus the, the volume level for sure. And, and that ringing doesn't go away. Like my head just feels strange, you know? And, um, so (laughs) it's a good thing. It's a good problem to have, I think in those situations, (laughs) but, um, <laughs> hey, it's it's such a cool place to play and just have the fans right there a great you know great group of fans i mean so many of those fans uh were there when i played and they've been there and they've been these loyal supporters these these people that you just see you know friday and saturday it's set aside for cougar volleyball and that's that's just so cool and and uh we can never say thank you enough to the community and and what's going on here
2: you're also four and six away from Smithfield house is is there a reason why does that go back to the these guys still being kind of young and experiencing things? And is that a little concerning to you as you get ready to go into the MPSF tournament?
0: No, I mean, because uh, I, I, I really don't go and kind of process that as it relates to the record away. You know, we all, the reality is that every great team, if you're going to be a great team, and if you're going to be a team that wants to, uh, you know, be be the most that you can be and wants to compete for championships, whether the conference championships or national championships, you've got to go on the road and play matches. And we've gone on the road. And uh, actually, I believe we've done quite well on the road this year. You know, we beat Ball State on the road. Uh, we had them on the ropes. I think we could have beat them two nights, but uh, one of the nights slipped away from us. We had a, we had a a really, really solid win on the road against UC Irvine. And, um, and then we, uh, we had Grand Canyon on the ropes as well. Uh, One challenge away from uh, having match point. So uh, I, I actually have a different perspective on our road record. It's been a very good, really good, solid uh, uh, experience for us on the road. And I think that's what the guys, uh, the guys know that too. And the guys feel that so as it relates to the record and and boom on paper, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I've i never thought twice about that. I You're telling me I would have never known if you would have asked <laughs> if, before you stated those numbers. If you would have asked me, I would have had no idea. It would have <laughs> taken me a minute to go, OK, boom. You know, I would have had to calculate taken me a, a legit minute or two minutes to think <laughs> about it and go, OK, here's where we've been. And this is what our record is on the road.
1: For those listeners who don't know, your sister Heather is the women's volleyball coach. Pretty sure everyone knows that. But yes, you is ever not, go uh, to... <laughs> no
0: no no, not everyone. It's a, uh weekly I get I get told that my wife is doing such a great job with the women's <laughs> team. So, well, that's so not everybody, but yes, that is my sister.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. Uh do you ever go to Heather for advice, or does she ever give you unsolicited <laughs> advice that she is your sister?
0: uh no i think i mean i mean really no the honest truth is yeah i mean we we uh yeah no not very much actually neither she doesn't come to me i i mean we chat we chat volleyball because that's we're all here if you know our offices uh the setup here is they're downstairs their whole entire staff and 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 our staff is all upstairs so we're always chatting back and forth but not you know we're not chopping up volleyball we're not chatting too much about it were hey good win or tough loss and it's fun to see this or fun to see that or hey how did that go or what'd you guys what do you think here so I guess little things here and there but I don't go down there and go hey Heather we're uh, <laughs> we're coming up on these matches what's your thoughts here or there um we kind of both do our own thing and uh yeah. but you know we interact we do interact you know on a daily basis
2: you know, there's something about volleyball that's just so different from other sports. I will never, ever consider myself a volleyball expert, but I love watching it. You've been playing and coaching it for such a long time. For you, why is it the ultimate, whether you say playing sport or spectator sport, why is it the ultimate sport for you?
0: For uh, You know, it's it's one of those sports where you really have to be a great team. You've really got it. And you can say that about a lot of sports, but you can always, you can also look at some sports and you can have a LeBron James that can take over a game and he can just keep the ball to himself and he can go win basketball games. Every time down the floor, he can keep the ball. Volleyball is different. You know, there's got to be touches. And, and, and I know there's other sports uh, that are like that, but I just think the skill level to you know for us especially you've got a ball traveling at this speed to be able to just you know have these perfect contacts and then I've got to rely on my teammate to have another good contact and then maybe I touch it again and I've got to I've got to do those things well and and there's so much also when you're not involved directly in the play there's a lot of things I've got to do I've got to cover the blockers I've got to communicate I've got to be involved I've got to be given information so I just think it's a, a great team sport where a lot of people are involved in every play because you can't have two touches in a row by yourself. So you really do need your teammates to help you and you help them. And then together we as a team kind of go and, and get to compete and help each other out.
1: It's just so explosive and fast paced. I have never seen anything like it. I love it so much. And you, One other thing I love, you always have such an eclectic team with guys from all around the country, all around the world, some members of the church, some are not. How do you balance all the different cultures and personalities as the head coach of the team?
0: Yeah, I mean, we do, we constantly do our best, uh, from, from day one of each new year to bring these guys together and talk about the value of what it is, what is being a team. And, um, and I think, I think you know, for the most part, we do a pretty darn good job. And I think, uh, as it relates to the the members of the church and the non-members, that's a that's a big deal to us. Uh, every single person on our team, every member of our team, is so so valuable and so crucial to our success. We've got to bring these guys in, and it's important for our guys that that are members. It's important for them to listen to the non-members and, 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 and understand uh, what their experience is here at BYU and try to find an opportunity to help them through that experience, to just be listening to understanding. Because uh, a lot of times I, I I don't think we do that well. Um, mm-hmm. I really don't. And um, it can, it's a very unique and, and can be a wonderful experience. But I think a lot of times we just get caught up in that and just go, Hey, BYU is amazing. And BYU is this and BYU that without ever sitting back and going, hey, maybe maybe it isn't immediately for mm-hmm. everybody, right? Right. Maybe it isn't mm-hmm. because it's a di- it, 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 it's a completely brand new experience for these kids, something they've never experienced in their lifetime, and we're not li- listening and we're not understanding, and so uh, we we um, we've we've made a massive effort and done all we can and do all we can to be able to discuss those things openly and, and, and communicate so that those guys can openly share their experience and we can listen and we can try to help.
1: Absolutely. I love that so much. And I honestly, couldn't agree more. And I think you guys do such a fantastic job and I love the different personalities on the team. It is just what it what makes you guys, you, in my opinion, we're yeah, here with BYU men's yeah. volleyball head coach, Sean Olmsted, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. Good luck against Stanford this weekend and in the NPSF tournament.
0: All right. You guys are awesome. Thank you for all the coverage and, and all the support. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks,
2: Sean. Okay. Okay. Sean, we got it. We appreciate it. All right. Okay. Thank you, guys. You're
1: awesome. Thanks so much, Sean. Good talking to you.
2: All right. You too.
1: And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Isaac Rex and Sean Olmstead for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.